Welcome to Linked Up, Breaking Boundaries in Education, a podcast that focuses on what is happening in education today, connecting everyone to the movers and shakers that are breaking boundaries in the education arena. Well, hello. Welcome to Linked Up, Breaking Boundaries in Education. We are doing an in-person podcast again, and we're really excited for it. Today, we are at COSIN in, where are we? We're in Austin, Texas. Uh, Everyone's been traveling. We have to remember when we wake up where we are. Um, And this has been one fantastic conference. So it's been great, Jerry, right? It has been. It's always been. I love coming to Cosin. There is so much learning and it, it feels like a family yeah, here. You yeah. just get to know people so well. But before we begin, I want to say happy birthday, Cosin. Yes. This is their 30th year. And our our guest, Keith Kruger, has been a part of COSIN for 28 years. Yeah. yeah. Yes. There are some scary, scary pictures of, uh, of you. Yes. And uh, I didn't always have white hair. And, uh, you know. Oh, that's great. Check out the website, people. <laughs> that's right. Timeline that people can laugh. I was playing around with that timeline. It's fun. It's fun. And I think, Keith, my gosh. Think of where you were 28 years ago with technology. Where and, we all were. Yeah. And where we are now. We'll show a picture today on the, two, on the uh, afternoon general session. Yes. Showing what the cutting edge technology. So maybe you oh, had fantastic. a, did, did you have a Palm Pilot? Where you yes. The cutting oh, edge. Yes. the purpose of the Palm Pilot? You kept all your contacts. Your, your, yeah. Yes. Calendar. Did you have a, um, uh, for music, uh, a, um, MP3 or uh, yeah, oh, I had the thing that was the size of a pack of gum. Yeah, Apple. Yeah, yeah. Disc man. Oh, I can You were all cool. But did anybody have a cell phone at that point? I had no. It was called a car phone. The bag in the bag. Yes. 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 I did. I had a car phone in 1994. And I, you know, just would plug it in when I needed yes. it. But it was just for travel. Like when right. I had it, it, it was like my emergency little, you yeah. Know, and it was this big. It. I still have it. It was like all, this big. All of that function. And then, of course, what computers looked like then were big. Yes. Yeah. Well, we do all that functionality. Of course, it's probably in our pocket. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and more so. Yeah. And it, 10 times stronger. Yeah. Yes. So that's right. And it, I, there's... I often show a slide that shows like all these applications that we do, like video conferencing and others, that they're they would they cost like a million dollars when they first came out. Oh, we yeah. added them up. They're all now free on your phone. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. And one thing versus yes. the room full of things, right, right. Right. Well, yes. I think I read that our phone has more computing power than the space capsules yes. in the early years. Yes, in the early years. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Wow. I remember watching Good Morning America and they said wow. cell phones are now going to have cameras. And people were like, why? <laughs> what? What do we use them for? <laughs> I mean, now so we do adapt and move forward. Yes. And yeah. then our second guest is Diane Dorsch. And I'm so pleased to say that both of you, I, I got to know through COSIN, actually, coming to COSIN. Yeah. And I was always impressed with you and, you know, the presentations and helping people really trying mm-hmm. to move them up. But then over the years, yes. we've all become friends, which is even better. Yes. But yes. Uh, Diane, you're the new chair of COSIN. Yes, I am. I am. I have been a board member. Um, for how many years? Four years, something like that. Yes. And it was an honor to um, 
be asked to be chair. Uh, so I'm, I'm very happy and excited for, for what's coming forward and exhausted because keep, keep over, over this time, but, but it's a good busy and so many, so many uh, new faces here, as well as my community that I've grown up with here. Right. As yes. About. Um, so it's, it's like a family reunion here. So right? it is. And I just see you in every room and that smile on your face. Yeah. I can just tell you just love this. Yeah, yeah I, I do because I love seeing the people we've been behind screens for so long. Right. And yeah. so yes. um, I recall the first day I had a white shirt on and I make up from hugging everybody, right? From the hugs. Yes. From hugs. It make up hugs. Up. But um, it is so good to see people. And also, like I said, our young next generation yeah. leaders, they're yes. here now and they're learning and they're excited. They and are. Because of that, I'm excited, yeah. right? Because yeah. uh, there was a time, there was a drought, it felt like, where we didn't have a lot of leaders who knew what this job was of leading education technology and school systems. Um, and, you know, I think the programs that we have provided, like the early K-12 CPO. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, yes. Yep, the CETL, I mean, that has been wonderful in bringing, number one, awareness to the role. Yes. Uh, that that I with right. our superintendents, uh, so our superintendents know and understand, you know, what good planning is like and that the CTO should be at the cabinet level table, you know, right. is so important. And so I know I've attended superintendent sessions here and just heard, you know, and, and those rooms were full full of people who kind of want to know what are superintendents looking for? Right. Because right. what do I need to do to be a future leader to serve at that cabinet level? So right. we've got people ready. Yes. I was talking to one last night and he's in the program and Donna Williamson oh, is oh, yeah. his mentor. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he said, you know, first of all, it's taught me so much because he came from the business sector, not mm -hmm. from yes. education. Mm -hmm. So he said, I had a lot to learn, but I've learned so much. But he said, the thing I love is the mentorship. And yeah. knowing I can call somebody and I can get some assistance immediately. And it's just been a great program. So, right. People come in with a different skill sets. Yeah. Are sure. Background. So, you know, education background is the largest. And right. we're seeing a slight growth in that and about 55%, but about 40% have technical backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And then there's a mix of like business backgrounds or military. Right. So mm -hmm. it's a hybrid career path. And so nobody comes in with everything. With everything. Even right. if they have a degree, a master's or a PhD, they we we think they still need to learn uh, the other side that they don't know. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's part of the power here. And I think that's a gift that you have is connecting people and yes. building relationships and that mentorship uh, quality in you. So I think this is a perfect role for you. So congratulations. And our first Thank you. chair of color. Yes. The oh, yes. Color. That's right. really fantastic. That must feel, you must feel really proud about that too. Well, and you know, I, I am. Um, and I know also that in the early years, it there was mainly men, white men. Um, and then through the years, we've seen uh, people from more diverse backgrounds here. And now we're starting to see more women yes, as well. Yes. Um, and so, you know, if it can be the visibility, right, um, the feeling of belonging yeah. and welcomeness here that, you know, because I've had people say, well, 
do I belong here? Right. You know, and it's syndrome. Yes. Yes. And it's like, yes, you belong here. We're all learning. If you feel you don't know stuff. Well, believe me, I don't know stuff either. Um, And so I feel fortunate. I have had very good mentors in my past. Yeah. And they've been great role models for me on how to mentor. Um, and so I, too, through the uh, early K-12 CPO Academy, um, have had wonderful young leaders, you know, and as we talk about staffing or room arrangements or communication with your Department of Technology mm-hmm. or even silly things like getting your um, rosters ready for your phone and how a hyphen in a name mm-hmm. has um, identity problems, right? Sure. Your records are created because of that. Um, and so we we talk about some of those technical issues as well. And mm-hmm. so I think they really appreciate that someone, you know, has been in those down the road before them. And yeah. I certainly say, okay, here are the mistakes I made. Right. <laughs> Here's right. where I messed up. Um, and I'm, I'm not afraid to admit that or be vulnerable about it. Mm-hmm. I always called it lessons learned. Yeah. And I feel fortunate that my staff kind of took on that man mentality as well. Yeah. And even that mentorship, I've noticed too, one of the most important things that I think you probably shared, I know with Eva Mendoza, was to not wear heels as you're walking from meeting to meeting, <laughs> yes. but bring your flat. Yes. So I think that's probably one of the most important things. Yes. <laughs> I agree. I mean, we are practical as that's well, right. right? So you we will have to be a large bag. And flats in the bay. Yes. Well, this morning we had um, a breakfast to honor the volunteers of COSIN. And I think they are really a stronghold of COSIN. But one of, well, I've been in a rural district and then more of a suburban district. And I have to say that the resources that you have, especially when I was in a rural district, were so critical because I didn't have a staff that could do that. I'd like you to speak just a little bit about some of those resources because I want everybody to have their hands on them because they're so good. We've got a lot of membership initiatives, whether it's uh, cybersecurity or interoperability, digital equity, um, uh, privacy of student data. Um, And a lot of, we're both a membership organization, but we have a mission. And so a lot of toolkits, resources, case studies, Things like that are made available for free to the community yes. because of partners like BlastLink and others who help enable us to uh, provide those for free to everyone. We also have really high quality things that are behind the member wall. So if you're not a member, get a member. Nice. But today, we're uh, right. you know, there's a lot of conversation and has been since December about ChatGBT. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, so hot topic. First of all, we have a public resource that we've had for two years, uh, a toolkit on AI and education. And it kind of lays out big picture, what are the advantages, disadvantages, what's kind of, uh, where would it apply? Right. Um, And we've just refreshed that, that's available for free to anyone. But what we put out today is something on generative AI. Mm. So uh, ChatGPT is just one type. And in fact, it will probably be, and already is being replaced by other kind of uh, generative applications. And what what the uh, COSIN member exclusive brief does is help you as the leader have be thoughtful about how to have a conversation with your superintendent, your school board, your curriculum folks, your teachers, you know, and and there's just this natural inclination to say, we got to ban it. And right. we've mm-hmm. been down that path before yeah. on lots of things, whether it was the World Wide Web, yeah. whether it was Google Docs, whatever. Calculators. 
Now, when I was in school. The two of us are old enough for <laughs> We were on the receiving end, not on the banning end. But uh, right. yeah, no, that's the, the point is the fact of the matter is ki kids and teachers have a way to find these things uh, probably in their pocket or backpack. And uh, banning is a losing battle. Yeah. So how do we think about yes. what the opportunity is? And there are opportunities, but only if done thoughtfully. Well, and it be yesterday, Michael Horn said about yeah. this, that if you ban it, the students that have the ability to get it will have it. And so now, again, it's another equity issue. Yeah. Exactly. So, exactly. you know, I, I thought that was an and important I think the point. Whole, it's not only banning, but the cheating. It, uh, so, yes. so we live in a world where right. access is available. So if all you're, if all you're yes. assessing on right. is fact-based information, but actually, just because ChatGPT says something is true, doesn't necessarily mean it's true. true. That's so true. how do we use that as a first draft? And exactly. then say to the student, okay, you have to research, yeah. is it true? Mm -hmm. And come back with your own writing, telling what you think is true. Fact check. I mean, it really just goes back to, this as you mentioned before, Google searching, finding anything, they're gonna cheat. It's the same thing, it should be a resource. It's yeah. just a resource. And to your point, right, teaching methods need to change if, if you, yeah. that's the concern, because it really needs to be about higher thinking skills, critical thinking, um, as opposed to, you know, just memorization. You, all of us lived in a world when scarcity of knowledge was the challenge. We had right. to go to the library. Yeah. Right. That's no longer the problem. The problem is too much information. Yes. Right. How do you sort of know what's good, what's good, yeah. what's true? Back check. Yes. Curating. Yeah. And you know, that's a good segue into the theme this year. It's reimagine, redesign, and renew. Why that theme? I think they're, you know, coming out of the pandemic, Yes. Uh, there is a lot of exhaustion and uh, education, mm -hmm. K 12, is uh, like a big ship. It takes yeah. a lot to turn it. And That's one right. of the biggest challenges yeah. we see is inertia. Uh, it, it, uh, You're right. And uh, inertia is our, we, we saw in that moment, there were lots of things that didn't go well, that we did wrong or whatever. But I tell you, we saw that when there was an imperative, and there was an imperative. Mm -hmm. There couldn't be education because of the virus. We were able with technology to provide it in most cases pretty quickly. Right. And places that had five-year plans to get to one-to-one -to -one yeah. overnight had to do. Right. Right. So right. when it is possible to change, it is possible to move quickly if we have clear vision and if we have the sense of imperative. Right. That is our opportunity. And what is our enemy? Inertia. And that is what the theme is about. Yes. Well, in that part about, you know, have we heard people say, well, I can't wait to get back to normal. Yeah. Back to the way it was. And, you know, there are some things, yes, that did kind of go off the rails, right? When we had to, to do this quick uh, pivot. But now that we're back, do we want the way to go back to the way it was? No. Let's take the best things that we got Let from the pandemic that we learned about and the mobility, the, the um, ability to differentiate for our students, to communicate in a different way with them. You know, let's keep those good things and let's shed those things that didn't yes. work or build solutions and for them. And I think there are things too. You know, yes. we do, uh, Jerry, you're part of the driving K-12 innovation. We do an uh, yes. annual thing on, on mm -hmm. uh, what what trends are most right, important right. innovation. And 
and uh, social emotional well-being well-being right uh was never uh, yeah. in the past a conversation that we had at a technology right. conference before right. the pandemic mm -hmm. but the pandemic showed that actually you can't learn if if right. students and teachers and parents aren't well so um, i think that for the technology community it's how do we design technology because technology is neither great nor bad Right. How do we design it to enhance uh, people's well-being? And yes. there are lots of examples, simple ways to to do that. At the, as you're starting a class, to do the smiley face. Mm -hmm. You know, you're happy, unhappy. You know, that individually can tell you about a student that's really struggling. It also might tell us that everyone in the room is unhappy. So maybe we, there's something we need to do before we start the right. lesson. Right, right. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's about leveraging those silver linings that yeah. we gained from COVID and instead of going backward, right? Yeah, but right. think about how we can use those to yeah. reimagine. One of my favorite ones is the virtual parent-teacher conference. Right. Because yes. I think that yeah. really has helped families yeah. not well, to have to come to the school um, once a year. Yes, I, I just really like that. And I also think that we romanticized what it was like before the <laughs> pandemic mm -hmm. because it no. was not perfect no. for a lot of kids. Yeah. And so we need to get over that notion as well and, and move forward in that direction. But as, as we come to the conference, what are some of the tracks or themes or presenters? What are they talking about? Interesting topics that I haven't seen before. What, 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 did, what did you notice? Well, I, there's, uh, well, we, we talked about diversity before. There's an LGBTQ group. Yes. Um, I saw a lot yes. of conversations about um, hiring practices, uh, creating a pipeline for technology um, positions, so starting with students. And I think all of that is so important. And a lot of time, and I think too, I think this is the time where people can think about and plan ahead because especially in technology positions, it's go, go, go. So this is the perfect time to really regroup and think about that. So what are some other right. things that are trending? Well, uh, sustainability. Yes. yes. Right. Yes. I mean, there's been That's a whole huge. bunch of money. We got it all. Our districts, right? Right. Bought all this stuff, or we yes. might have money to spend yet. But what are you going to do once that funding goes right. away? Now, I preached that three years ago, right? Right. Um, you were working with Central Promise. Yes. The sustainability toolkit, in fact, yes. is being presented here. Um, but there have been other sessions on sustainability as well, because yes. as these devices were purchased, wonderful but they're getting they're getting old now how are yeah. we going to replace them what data collection should we have done at the beginning mm -hmm. to see what apps are being used the most which right. apps aren't being used so that we can cut those right you right. know so it, it's those kinds of conversations scarcity of workforce right right no. i mean that's yes, another that's... one you named off a whole bunch mm -hmm. of things and how we're responding um you know hearing oh there aren't people out out there who want these jobs it's like that's untrue we're just looking in the wrong place mm -hmm. and so you yeah. know uh talking about where we should look and how we should lower the barriers job descriptions shouldn't be asking for all these certifications have technical jargon those types right. of things because you know what we've got adults who know technology who are working in our libraries who might be working yeah. in point of service for the food program they can talk kids through technology they can um they can 
become leaders in a technology department, right? And so I think we're just looking in the wrong place. That's a good point. And then being part of Coastan, you have all the supports to gain yeah. some of those different technical skills that maybe might be needed down the line. But but absolutely, that's such a good point. You don't need to start up here with all these right. letters yeah. attached to your name if you have- Well, and I just came from a great uh, spotlight session uh, with kids from Lakota School District in, in uh, uh, Ohio. And uh, they've started a cyber academy and the kids uh, get yes. uh, Cisco certified or whatever. The, Love that. And they're, but they're doing real, it's not a class. They're, they do job, they, they get job internships. And by the time those kids graduate from high school, they're offered $60,000 jobs. A lot of kids are, are negotiating uh, halftime jobs and then they're going to college, wow. uh, having their college paid for by the employer. Uh, there were just amazing kids that were presenting uh, an hour ago uh, about that. And I think um, that raises, you know, the issue of staffing is one of the huge trends in the driving K-12 innovation. Right. It's not only a teacher problem, it's an IT problem. Yes, it is. And so we've worked uh, with the state directors of technology to put out some resources about only, um, well, last year, it was one in five, about 20% of school districts had a full-time equivalent on cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're, yes. We're putting out yesterday the new data, and it got worse. It's only 16%. We went the wrong mm -hmm. direction. Mm -hmm. So most school districts are saying it's a part-time, a part of your job. Right. So we've tried to create job descriptions that would be for different people in your district and what their responsibility mm -hmm. would be around cybersecurity. But also we have to think in new ways, like with students, or maybe you need a partnership with your community college or your vocational college or the, the university down the block with, and offer internships and mentorships and early career kinds of opportunities. Right. You know, we got to grow this problem because the human capacity you can have all the tools, mm -hmm. and if nobody's there to lead it and run it, it isn't going to do anything. Right, and security is a big issue right now yes. that districts sure. are yeah. are worried about. It's the number one issue, and it's yeah. for our audience. It isn't. It's this is the I think the sixth year, or fifth year that it's been the been number one issue. Yeah, the surprising things we ask the second question. You know, we look at these different challenges like ransomware or DDoS, right. is it, are you at high risk, somewhat risk, medium risk, or low risk? And almost everyone is underestimating what they're... Yes. The K-12 is the number one targeted sector for ransomware. So vulnerable. But only 20% said they were at extreme risk for it or high, high risk, mm. medium high to high risk. So... You know, we yes. have the we have the headline right that cybersecurity is a problem, but when we get down to what our real risks are, yeah, not at my yeah. school, it's yeah, And that's where you know Classlink was part of the coalition to create that cybersecurity rubric. We'll put this in the show notes, which I think is so wonderful. I gave it to my husband, who's a superintendent, because um, you know he too he thinks you know it's the technology component, and I have a team to do that. And I said, well, you should it's really be a part more. of that too. Yeah, and yeah. Um, he, in, he knows that he's of course in a small district. So he's curriculum person, tech person. <laughs> yeah. So he's trying to get that knowledge. And I love the fact that that rubric identifies, gives you a baseline as to what your maturity level is, and then gives you a roadmap for how to 
have growth in that maturity. So, um, and become cyber strong. So, um, yeah, so I think that's fantastic. And then you have a ton of resources um, at COSIN for that. We do. And of course, the, you know, we have some, uh, if you're just getting started, there's kind of a primer, but we also have uh, like a tabletop uh, free exercise that, the, that we've created, which taking your team, your maybe superintendent, people from the business office, people from curriculum and doing an extra exercise of, that's timed, you know, this is right. 7 a.m. You've just gotten notice. You've been attacked. What are you going to do? What What are you going to say to the public? What are you going to So going through that kind of exercise? And then, of course, you know, just end user uh, uh, education um, doing uh, phishing attacks are the biggest problem we, we have is we all click on things we shouldn't. Yes. Miss. Right. So yes, doing those kind of uh, testing uh, throughout the year, and it's not to penalize people, but to get them, uh, to, you know, hover over that it's URL. Yeah, it's no longer that uh, prince from Nigeria that's uh, asking yeah, for it was, it was, social security numbers, but someone who looks like your uh, yeah. the superintendent yeah. asking the secretary of finance to send all the W two forms. Exactly. Right. It's so, and and that's where it's so important too, because it's not a matter of. Um, you know, it's cybersecurity month. Let's, let's, you know, do a little thing here, but it's an all year. It's a, it's creating a culture of protecting, you know, the school and also themselves. It's for, it's for personal protection too, but creating that culture and doing it, um, throughout starting with students, bringing them in on the, in on the act, um, parents, community, it really does have to, um, to get, it's a community well, K-12 is just different. I mean, our users are underage mostly. Right. Yes, they're kids. And right. So how are you going to get a, a three or thir- third grader to do multi-factor authentication? Right. right. <laughs> you know? right. Well, ClassLink has a way, <laughs> let me just say. And actually, a, um, a district in Kansas was telling us that they have their kindergartners doing it right. and it's going well. Yeah. So, you know, it if does. our kindergartners can do, do it, it Right. We can do it. We can do right. it we can. Well, again, and our bad actors know that if yes. they can get an identity of a young child, mm-hmm. that that name and identity could be useful many, many years yeah. because, again, maybe it's when a child, um, you know, fills out the FAFSA to get a student loan yes. or maybe wants to buy a car. And then that's when all these things are discovered, right? Yeah, they so, them for when they turn 18. And literally file for credit cards uh, for that student. And and there was a woman who, you know, two years into her college applied for a credit card and found that she had, you know, $350,000 of debt. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because her identity had been stolen two years earlier. Well, that same district was telling us they had a student that was applying to college and they said, this isn't you. Yeah. And someone had stolen his identity. He's had to lay out a year because he has to try wow. to recover his identity. Yeah. And he said, it just feels so terrible well, to this had, kid. It even, you know, every week now we have a different district that the employees lose their social security numbers or they have direct deposit and lose yes. their bank accounts. And we've actually had districts like small rural district in Arizona uh, some of the employees had their personal bank accounts drained. Oh my God. Yes. 
Yeah, the bad actors are finding other ways to do things, right? A text message from the CEO of my company asking me to send gift card numbers to them, right? Yes. I mean, we do have to train our people not to, you know, to be smart about things and and know when they're getting fished or scammed uh, because, yeah, I mean, it's everywhere and it hits you from many, many places. Yeah, right. We yeah. just need to be savvy about all this. And yes. Just be, train, train. be aware, not be complacent, but, you know, always have it in the back of your mind that unfortunately bad actors exist and to protect ourselves, we just have to, um, to be on it every, all right. the time, all the time. And what I love about, um, you know, this time at COSIN, in fact, I've seen people having to stand, I don't love this part, people having to stand out in the hallway because the rooms are so full. Yes. We're talking about cybersecurity, right? Yes. And so these tabletop exercises, the consistent look on cybersecurity allows for a community of, di of people from diverse school districts yes. to come yes. together and talk about, well, I do this, I do this. Ooh, that's a good sure. idea. Ooh, Simple. this didn't work. Yep. And it is, that's what I love about COSIN is it builds a community of practitioners who can be vulnerable, share um, maybe right. some things that have not gone well, but they always come out better for it. Right. Yeah. Building yes. those best practices together as a community. That's yep. fantastic. So what's on the roadmap coming ahead with COSIN? That's what I want to hear. Yes. You know, I am so excited because this is the second um, strategic plan process that I've been through. Um, when I first got onto the board, I was part of strategic planning. It was a three-year strategic plan. And so we took time off, I think, because of the pandemic, right? Um, now we're back to planning again. And we started, I think, last summer or fall um, in getting some good facilitators to help us and a, just a real collaborative process. Our board got together. Yes. We talked about it. Um, but then after after coming up with some thoughts and ideas, we also were able to hone that down and massage it a bit and then talk to our staff. I mean, here we at the board could come up with this great plan. Right. But if it's not realistic right. for our yes. small but mighty COSIN staff, then it's not realistic. And so we got that kind of dialogue as well where, you know, we could tone it down a bit and say, okay, this is what we could be realistic with. And we have benchmarks now and okay. so nice. you know it's it will be good to see the progress yes be making now the whole thing will be released um you know in a few months okay. but we've been talking at a high level about things and so yeah i'm, I'm glad you asked we've got <laughs> yes. three big things here that good you'll give us a sneak peek yes yeah yes um first of all you know because of the pandemic and that ability to pivot we really felt that we need to enable inclusive and nimble technology leadership to drive innovation. Mm -hmm. Nimble, okay? Yes. That was, yes. you know, we have to be flexible and be and prepare our leaders to take on the unknown at this point. Right. And be innovative. Sometimes right. you have to experience scarcity before you come up with those right. brand new innovations. And also we want to enhance member experience. You know, we can at, at the board level come up with these great things, have have our staff um, implement them. But if we do not have our state chapters and our individual members using this stuff, right? you know, it's no good. So I always talk about that last mile, like in, in um, 
when we talk the internet and uh, laying fiber, you know, you've got your main connections, but that last mile to the home is the most important. Right. And so how can we stretch our stretch ourselves to meet, you know, the state chapter's needs and our members' needs so that mm-hmm. we are more responsive. These resources are great, but do they know about the resources? Right. Yeah, right? Right, right. So we want to enhance member experience. And we also, and you've heard me talk about it a lot, empower our community and building new communities, right? I mean, we here at this conference, as you've talked about, we've got diversity, equity, and inclusion topics. Uh, Tomorrow morning is a woman's breakfast. Um, We've got a session for mainly males, but we are inviting females as well on male allyship. How can men um, work together with women to help elevate uh, underrepresented groups, yes. right? And so these are great skills for all of us to have. Absolutely. Uh, because, you know, again, we need to empower everybody. We mm-hmm. want to be an inclusive group. So those were the three things. Now, in our past strategic plan, you know, we said we're going to focus on diversity. And it's not like we're not doing that now. We're infusing it into sure. everything right. now. Right. So for number one, two, and three, mm-hmm. diversity, equity, inclusion, and ultimately the sense of belonging is what yes. we're looking yes. for. Yes, and that's a good point because we can have separate committees and different isolated um, mm-hmm. opportunities for DEI, but it is more impactful if it is dispersed yeah, and infused right. into everything because that makes it more meaningful and makes it so that it's actually going to stick and and be yeah. pervasive so yes yeah, so uh, yesterday we had the second uh, kind of meetup of on the diversity equity inclusion they broke into you know tables and did activities and you know how to recruit and retain yeah. a diverse workforce right. things like that this afternoon we'll be doing the second ever lgbtq um, plus an ally kind of a conversation followed mm-hmm. by a reception uh, i have that. to say as a, a gay man it's a big it's a complete uh, mind shift, you know, from a few years ago where, you know, at yes. the office, I would never talk about that. I had a husband and never have photos or talk about where we went on vacation or things like that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like different. Yeah. Good. It can be you. Yeah. That's Everyone right. Be who they are. Before and then down the street, they're right. protesting at the state house about all of these issues as yeah. well. <laughs> I see I, on the news. We just have to live the right way. That yeah. We can live and... Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. That's great. Good things ahead. This is very exciting. Very exciting. It is exciting. Yes. And, you know, we have a committed board of directors as well. Um, yes. You know, while we did have some people terming up, right, they had served their three years or many more than, you know, one term, um, and they will be missed. We also have, you know, ring on and we never, the people who roll up, we never let them just go away. No. So we just make the circle bigger. Yeah. But I am, you know, so happy also to welcome, welcome, um, you know, new members um, who, to the board who, again, are, are leading in various um, different, you know, uh, large school districts, smaller school districts, so that we get that perspective. And yes. we're about... Even now, men and women on the board, is that correct? We're probably slightly more women. Wow. You know, uh, yeah, uh, when we look over the the board and the chairmanship of the board, 
uh, over the 30 years, it's been relatively even, uh, maybe even slightly, uh, slightly more women. Yes, wonderful. This has been a delightful conversation. I have really enjoyed it. And we appreciate the work that you do to support schools. It's so important. And the more schools we can get connected with COSIN, the better off they will be, too. Well, and thanks for uh, what you both do to uh, communicate with with the community. Yes. Yeah, I want to speak volumes, just seeing everyone so happy and just like a community. So it's, it is. And it's an, it's important to think about that. It's a national community. So it's a big group, but you've made it like a family. And I think you can see that with people. Networking yeah, you feel together it when and, you're yeah. here. You really do. Absolutely. Lots of hugs. Lots of hugs. Yes. Lots yeah. of hugs. As you mentioned, you got the, the makeup <laughs> on the arm. So, yeah. Well, and we know you have lots of sessions yet to go to. I can't believe we were able to carve out this time, quite frankly. Yes. So we appreciate it's you forever. finding us a little bit of time this yes. morning. This yes. morning, it's early morning here, by the way. That's right. <laughs> but always a pleasure to talk with you. And, you know, I just love that you bring in guests who have really great things to share. It's consistently been, you know, one of the Thank things you. that helps feed our community. So. Thank you. Come to Miami. If you weren't here this year, come to Miami next year. Yes. Good. Love to hear the where we're headed. So (laughs) well, thank you both. Yes, thank you. All right. And happy birthday, Kosen. Happy birthday. Yes. Thank you for listening. And if you would like to stay linked up, be sure to follow us on Apple and Spotify. And subscribe to us on YouTube.